Um, Psalm 121. If you need a Bible, there's some out the back. I'm not sure if Daniel's put the words up on the screen, but he hasn't. So there's plenty of Bibles out the back if you need one. Psalm 121. I'll lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and the earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Thanks, Nathan. Please keep that passage open in front of you. What's it like for you to be a follower of Jesus? What's it like? Honestly, there's nothing that gives greater joy than knowing that you're saved by grace through faith. There's nothing better and more sure of truth, is there? As you reflect in your life, uh, maybe some of us who are older in this church today, you realise that sometimes it's just really hard to be a Christian. Uh, We have this incredible joy of salvation, but at the same time we face trials, we face temptations, and, and this is just the normal Christian experience. A couple of years ago, I went, from a, uh, went on a trip from Adelaide to Melbourne. I, I, I drove. Well, I was in the car while someone else drove, but that's another story. It's a beautiful trip along that stretch of coastline there, the Great Ocean Road. It's well worth doing if you haven't done it. And our life is like a journey, isn't it? And as Christians, we know our destination, heaven. Hebrews chapter 12 says, verse 22, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. Christian, you know your destination. And in a sense, you and I are already there, the heavenly Jerusalem. But do you really believe that you're going to make it? Make it over the potholes, the, the roadblocks, the bridges that have fallen over? Maybe for you, you might be considering Christianity here today. Maybe you're wondering about Christianity, whether you'll If you become a Christian, you'll make it to the end. Will you always be a Christian? Or will your faith be slowly eroded away like the 12 apostles and eventually fall into the sea? It's really important to get answers to these questions, I think. And because we need help on our journey. Because there are things that threaten us along the way. We need help. And this is the first point the psalm raises. Verse 1, I lift my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? I know in Tassie we have a sense of what hills are. Beautiful cliff faces, big hills. 
But the psalmist here isn't looking longingly to the hills like Maria off the sound of music. These aren't friendly hills. These hills are dangerous. He lifts his eyes to the hills and all he sees is trouble. But what's the trouble he's facing? Why are these hills dangerous? Just have a look at the top of the psalm. It says a song of ascents. A song of ascents. This is a, a title that was part of the original text. And it's a, it's a group of psalms, actually, in this part of the Bible. And these song of ascents were sung and said in the worship of the people of Israel on their way up to the temple in Jerusalem on their annual pilgrimages. And these pilgrims would take the temple tithes with them, sacrifices, valuable possessions. On the one hand, there would be physical danger because these hills would house the bushrangers, the thieves who would steal away these tithes. But not only that, the hills are dangerous because they're a hub of idol worship. There's danger in the hills because of idolatry. Jeremiah 3, verse 23 says, Surely the idolatrous commotion on the hills and the mountains is a deception. Surely in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. The hills are deceptive places. It's where the idols and false gods are appeased. False centres of worship. The psalmist lifts his eyes to the hills and all he sees is trouble. I want to ask you today, what hills are you looking up at? Have you even started to wonder if you'll make it to the end of your life and still be a Christian? And this is why we need this psalm today, isn't it? This is why I need this psalm today. The psalmist asks the question, where does my help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. Our help comes from the Lord. Not anywhere else, but from the Lord. For the psalmist, as he is journeying onto Jerusalem, he remembers that God made the hills. The Lord is the creator, the maker. And this is the second point. God made the hills. He is the maker. Have a look at verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Lord who is in relationship with his people, with you and I. It's our helper. How do we know he's able to help us? Because in verse 2, he made everything. He's the maker of heaven and earth. I was watching a documentary on on TV the other day about the Rift Valley in Africa. Um, There are these monkeys that climb down this cliff face into a a volcano of all places, to escape jaguars. It's an incredible place. And do you know what? God made it. Have you ever been away from the city of Launceston at night and looked up at the stars, the vivid array before you? God made it. One of the projects I've got going at the moment is making a dining table It's not going to be a very good dining table, but I'm making it anyway. But do you know what? Even if I can make a beautiful piece of furniture, I don't create something in the way that God does. Remember in the book of Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, 
God made this universe. And how did he do it? He spoke. And it was. Before God spoke, there was nothing. After he spoke, there was everything. God made this universe. Talking about the Lord Jesus, Colossians chapter 1, 16 to 17 says, For by, thi- by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You know what? When we look at Jesus, we see the creator. For by him all things were created. All things were created through him and for him. He holds everything together. He looks after you and I today and every day. So where do you look to for your help? Do you look to the maker of heaven and earth? Point being, we need to remember that God is bigger, God is better. Now might be a good good time to consider where you're looking for your help. If you're looking in the world, in philosophies, in people, then you're looking into the creation rather than the one who made it all. But can you really settle for that? Can you settle for the creation rather than the creator? When you are looking up at those hills in your life, the danger, the troubles, the trials, do you not think that God is able to help you? Do you not think that the one who spoke and the world existed is able to help you? I think we're sometimes guilty of having a small view of God, aren't we? Oh, no, I am. We have a helper, the maker of heaven and earth. So we go into the middle part of the psalm now. We see that God is the watcher. He watches over you. Have you ever been swooped at by a plover or a magpie? It's just the parents of the baby birds are looking out for the, for the young. Or maybe you felt like God is more of a distant parent rather than a close one. Let these uh, next verses reassure you. God watches over you. He's close. I'm going to read from verse 3 to 5. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Christian, in your journey, God won't let you fall off the path. In verse 3, he tells us, our foot won't slip, even though the the path might be icy. Our foot won't slip. Even when there are things in life that seem to threaten your faith, God won't let your foot slip. This might be a slight sidetrack, but an important one. In the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul calls what uh, he has a thorn in his flesh. He has this situational person that's really troubling him, a messenger of Satan, 
That was causing him a lot of trouble. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How can Paul say that? How can he say when he's weak, he's strong? It's a paradox, isn't it? But remember what our psalm says? Your father won't let your foot slip. He looks after you. Paul, the Apostle Paul, delights in his weakness because it gives glory to God, shows the power of God in his life. He delights in weakness because of Jesus, for Christ's sake. So in the midst of your weakness, in the times when you're facing trouble, God will give you the strength to carry on, to persevere, to endure. And in doing so, it brings Jesus glory. Sometimes after lunch on a hot summer's day, I can go into a daze. I guess you call it a daydream. The eyes are wide open, but the mind goes elsewhere. You know what? God doesn't daydream after lunch. He doesn't sleep, as our psalm says. He doesn't clock off. In the place of your need, in the times of distress, God's right there with you. It's like he's out there holding an umbrella to shade you from the hot summer's sun. He's close. But you notice he doesn't promise to take away the dangers or the trials. There's danger in getting burnt by the sun. There's, the sun doesn't get taken away or the, the danger under the moonlight by, by darkness doesn't get taken away. The point being, we all come up against troubles and trials God doesn't promise to take them away, but he does promise that he's close, that he's your shade, that you won't be harmed, that, he, that he'll watch over you. You know, as followers of Jesus, this side of the cross, we can have even more assurance of this. The cross really is at the centre of the universe. It really is. Think of what Jesus did at the cross. He went through every kind of danger and trial imaginable and even more. Think about the biggest danger that each of us face, the consequence of our sin, our rejection of God and what he says. Left to ourselves... Our sin means that we face the right anger of God. Judgment hell. And if this is something a little bit new to you today, the reality of judgment, then let this be a warning about the danger. Because if you don't see that you're in danger, you won't see that you need Jesus, a saviour. But get this. It's what makes the gospel incredible. Jesus took the danger, God's wrath onto himself at the cross. For the Christian, for you and I, Jesus gave you life when you face certain judgment. It's absolutely incredible. So as you and I go through tough times, we need to know what Christ has done for us. Jesus took on our judgment, our greatest danger. He gave himself to help us out of our own mess. 
this close and attentive care that we see in this psalm is personified in Jesus. And he left his place in heaven and came to earth as a man. God right here with us and as one of us. So how much more can we have confidence that Jesus is with us every step of the way? Do you trust God? Do you trust that he's your shade? So we've seen that God's our help. He's the maker. He's the watcher. And finally, as a last point, God the preserver. God the preserver. Have a look at the last couple of verses. Verses 7 and 8 of the psalm. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch your coming and going both now and forevermore. This is a wide and expansive project God is undertaking. It's a long-term project. Take heart in his promises. The faith that you had when you first believed will be there right at the end and onward into eternity. You can't be extinguished. You can't lose your salvation. Jesus says in Luke 21, 16 to 19, you'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives and friends, and they'll put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you'll gain life. By standing in the Lord Jesus, you gain life, you're preserved doesn't mean if you deliberately abandon the Christian faith or you turn around away from Jerusalem, so to speak, if you deliberately abandon God, but if you trust in him and trust in his son, the Lord Jesus, then you are totally safe. You're totally safe. You have life forever. Jesus also says in John eleven twenty five to 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. In Jesus, our biggest need, our biggest problem, the problem of sin and our separation from God is taken away. The cross is where we find our help. The creator, the maker, died on your behalf. If you've put your trust in Jesus, you'll never die. It's a promise of resurrection and life. And Christian, you've been given the Holy Spirit as well, a guarantee of eternity with God. He isn't just at your right hand, he lives within us. You will get to your destination. God will get you there. He preserves you now. He preserves you forever. It's the best kind of an insurance policy, isn't it? It's totally comprehensive. It covers all of life, now and forever. It's a great promise. So maybe you are worried about whether you'll make it to the end of your life and still be a Christian. Let this psalm be a comfort to you. Let it reassure you. Verse 7 and 8 again. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over you coming and going both now and forevermore. The promise of eternal life right here in the middle of the Bible. 
and it's for all those who trust in his son, the Lord Jesus. We have a great help, one who has saved us from our darkest danger. We have a God who is bigger, a God who is the maker of the universe, a God who is close, the watcher of our steps, a God who preserves our life now and forever. Let's always look to him as our help. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Psalms. We thank you for Psalm 121, that you speak this wonderful promise to us, that you'll protect us, you'll preserve us, you'll watch over us now and forever. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that through faith in him we have life and have life abundantly. In his name we pray. Amen.